Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> That was a new intro. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're coming to close to season three. Season four starts in January. And I thought I'd just change it up, you know. <laughs> welcome, oh, everybody. Welcome. We're talking about preparing your family for change in the new year. This is your like most exciting topic. Well, I think it's today. pretty exciting. I just I love change. I'm one of those weird ones. But it's okay. If you don't love change, that's okay. God wired you that way to be this stable, um, steadfast, Mm -hmm. keep things working the way they are. Um, And we all need to rub against each other a little bit. And this is going to have some steadfastness to it. And it's going to have some change to it. That's right. So you guys were, were very close to the Thanksgiving holiday in 2021. Yeah. And, um, whether you have taken a moment to just reflect on the things that you're thankful for or not, mm. um, we have some great practical tips, ideas, things that we've done with our family over the years that we're going to share with you guys in today's podcast um, that honestly I really think is important for preparing our hearts for the Christmas season yeah. and for the new year when a lot of times people are thinking over the previous year and mm-hmm. figuring out what they want to do with their life if they have older kids like there's just so many things right mm-hmm. um, but to really reflect on what you're thankful for is a good place to start I was just thinking mm. one of the ways that Jesus teaches us to pray is our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's all about God. Yeah. It's all about remembering who he is, what his character is about, and declaring it, proclaiming it, acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do during Thanksgiving. It's part of what we do during Thanksgiving. It's not just about what he's done for us or what he's doing, but it's also like, can we just say thank you, Jesus, for being a good God? Amen. And, you know, depending <clears throat> on where you are in the world, there may not even be something called Thanksgiving. Um, and there is in the States, and it's a little different date in some other places. And so just around these weeks, it's important to, uh, a good time actually, to mm-hmm. think about what we're thankful for. So that's the beginning part of these steps we're going to teach you to really prepare your family. And everybody in your family is wired differently. Some of them yeah. are more willing to change, and some of them you know, like keeping things the same. But what we know, if you look over the last few years, is the speed of change happening around us is accelerating more, faster every single year. And we can't fight against that change in a lot of regards. I mean, you can stand firm and yeah. fight against tyranny or what, you know, different things like that. You have to, based upon the convictions that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart and the mm-hmm. whys behind those things, you really need to evaluate if they're godly or if they're yeah. prideful, right? But the truth is, is life is going to continue changing and we shouldn't be 
against that. We should yeah. be fighting against that. Instead, we should actually try to get in front of it. Get in front of it and be proactive in leading your family. And, you know, we don't want to be the kind of people that proclaim things we're going to do in the new year around January and our kids hear us and then they see us not do them. Yeah. So we have to, our yes has to be yes, our no has to be no, and our word it needs to be as good as gold in front of our kids and what we say in our marriage and what you say to yourself. Your identity could be compromised if you tell yourself, even yourself you're going to do things and then you, you don't, don't do them. It. What happens the next time you say, I'm going to do mm -hmm. something, you're building an identity within yourself that even though I say things, mm -hmm. I don't usually do them. So the chances of you following through on your initiatives are very low. And I think it's really important. There are some intentions set as a family and individually within your family and that you are somewhat of a coach helping your family members create good change for the new year. So that really happens way before the new year if you're going to do it effectively. And I think Thanksgiving is a the time around Thanksgiving and in November, beginning of December is just a perfect spot to do that. So, hey, we're going to dive into it in a second. And Angie's got this killer psalm for you guys. But we <laughs> want to thank you guys for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. Every time you share, written review, share social media, yeah. all the things, uh, it makes a massive difference. And we appreciate it. We could not do it without you. In fact, the algorithms are often working against us on social media mm -hmm. and elsewhere. And we'd refuse to pay for advertising on Facebook and Instagram, although it used to work. Uh, for the courses and things like that and the podcast because uh, we don't want to give money to that. So, um, you know, we count on you. So every time you share, it's how we're able to put so much free content out there uh, that, right. praise God, is blessing people. That's right. So let's dive in. I want to encourage you guys um, with Psalm 100. It's a song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to his people. And he has been so faithful to all of us. I think that if we um, start our days focused more on the things to thank him for than we are on the things that are potentially going wrong or the things that we could worry about. We will have a better day. There will be a more biblical joy of the Lord atmosphere in our homes. Mm -hmm. This is something, this is the best way to lead your families is to have a joyous spirit, right? So this says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. This applies to everyone geographically everywhere. Yeah. All you lands. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve. Come before his presence with singing. Isaac, Worship. are you going to be singing? Yeah, I'm going to be. You are. Know that the Lord, he is God. Who is Amen. he? God. He is God. And it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Mm. I mean, that just, just totally shuts creator. down the new age teachings that are all over social media. They're like, if you dream it, you can be it. I'm sorry. <laughs> this says, it is he who made us and yeah. not we ourselves. We are his people and we are, it says, and the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. That's what the Bible says. We are his sheep. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. His truth endures. We have so much to be thankful for. And I was looking up scriptures on thankfulness and it's like unending. Go look it up. 
It's awesome. I think uh, Thanksgiving, the yes. word Thanksgiving, unending or thankful, put that in. It's just a zillion scriptures. It's so cool to see. And it has to do with being thankful mm -hmm. for God and what God has given us, what God has blessed us, for who yes. God is, for you know the hope we have in God, all of these things. And sometimes we can get occupied by the challenges in, our, in front mm -hmm. of us. But we need to be thankful. And that's it's a very, very important message. You know, I think um, when I read this last verse and his truth endures to all generations, that's also a message that is all throughout the Old and New Testament. His truth endures forever. His truth endures to all generations. I think that we all need to remember in the midst of these days where evil is trying to censor things, even on social media, right? Mm -hmm. That the reality is, is, God's word is going his is his truth yeah. and it will endure to all generations regardless of social media. How many generations have yes. we had without social media? Amen. I know it seems like it can be so all encompassing and like everyone's world is there and businesses rely on it a lot and all these different things. Sure. The truth is, is that it didn't exist and his truth still endured to all generations, but it was passed on by purposeful parents that were reading the commandments to their children over and over when they rose, when they yeah. laid down, when so they, they were walking memorize. along the way. And guys, if they can do it, if those generations who were busy working hard with, they were shepherds in the hillside and coming down late at night and, and eating, and they were working physically, toiling the land to provide yeah. food for the families, if they had the time to teach their kids the scriptures, the holy scriptures, then we have no excuse. None of us do. We don't. So, we have such an easy life compared to that. So here, we're going to knock it out here. So around this time, the Thanksgiving time, at least in the U.S., you can look in a calendar when that is, if you're listening some other time, this is a really good time to kind of have a meeting with your kids somewhere around it and just whiteboard or write in a journal as a parent as you're leading this and write down all the things the kids and you say you're thankful for keeping in mind like really all the things what has god done this year and and people might say some things and you go well what did god do on our trip to um you know here you know how did god provide for this or what happened with this and you're stirring up stories things yeah. to be thankful for stories testimonies really testimonies of yeah. god because it's so easy over the course of a year to forget those and how beautiful i like the journal idea actually i use evernote and i take pictures of whiteboards and i create slideshows for the family i'm just i guess that's the yeah. old business hat but uh, having them in a journal and keeping mm -hmm. track every year of all the things you're yeah. thankful for but you know what that I, would be really cool yeah and i have over the years with homeschooling i've had homeschool journals that were for each year and in the first like 10 years before we were doing like big meetings as a family, dry race boards and yeah. focusing on it, I would have the kids write, we would cut out little leaves like and the it. kids would write down what they were thankful for and we would tape them along the top of the windows in the dining room area so that we had all these little things that we were thankful for. One year we had a, it wasn't a dry race board, but it was one of those glass Mm -hmm. boards that was on the wall mm -hmm. and at the time I had been reading an, an Ann Voskamp book it was called A Thousand Gifts hmm. and it was about all the things that you're thankful for and I read like three or four chapters to the kids and we started making a list the whole month of November on the board and then it ended up being like on paper on the wall and then yeah, I should have took pictures. I of love it. that. It's such a good example. We put it in the journal. We put it in the homeschool journal. So, so another thing I remember a story when we did our three month RV trip, we mm -hmm. did a whiteboard exercise right after yep. that one thing. 
And there was over a hundred, whether they're miracles or things we're thankful for. Yeah. Over a hundred just from that trip. Just from that three and, month trip. Yeah. And obviously it's harder the more distance there is to remember things. But, you know, there should be a big list. Like if you really, really think about it, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be thankful for. What in the spiritual walk with God are we thankful for? What are we in our learning and knowledge are we thankful for? What are skill development are we thankful for? Yeah. What are we in relationships are we thankful for? Financial projects, service, generosity, uh, miracles, ways, safety, all the things that we could be provisioned, think, thankful for. You know, it's interesting because there, this has been an exercise that we have done throughout the year, not just around Thanksgiving, although we do try to do it around Thanksgiving every year. Um, but one of the things that I think is really helpful, like Isaac said, because sometimes it's harder to remember when you're farther away from something where maybe there were a lot of miracles. It's a good practice to just be into multiple times throughout the year to just pull up the dry race board or chalkboard or whatever and have a family meeting and go, you know what? We're going to focus on the good things. And you know what I find? There was one time that we did this. Actually, it was like a couple weeks after I lost a baby. And I don't know if it was a purposeful thing that you did or not, but I remember us, like I remember that it, things were down. Hmm. We were just kind of down in the dumps. It was a season. very tough season. We were grieving, but it was affecting the atmosphere on a daily basis. And we needed to re- be reminded that God was good. Mm-hmm. And so are you in a place where you need to be reminded that God is good? Maybe you should pull out a journal and a piece of paper or pen and start writing down all the ways that you saw him work in your life mm. in this last year. All the, the the things that you can be thankful for, for him. And as you do that, I tell you, once you when you start worshiping, the next mm-hmm. thing, you guys, when I read Psalm 100, it said also to sing to the Lord. It was saying, mm-hmm. thank the Lord. It was saying, thank the Lord. And then it said, sing to the Lord. When you move into that that time of worship, your worship is so much sweeter because you just had your heart and your mind filled and focused on all the things you're thankful for. And right along with that, here's what the Bible says in Psalm 37, 3 through 4. So good. By the way, these scriptures, make a note of them. You could use them when you're doing this with your right. family. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He's a good God. He didn't have to make grapes taste so good. He did because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And that's a great little example of some kind of food your family likes. Tell him that. He didn't have to make steak taste so good. Whatever it is, whatever your family <laughs> loves. He does that that's because true. he loves us and he's a good God. And he wants us to have the desires of our heart that are in his will. Right? And that could be a whole topic with your mm-hmm. kids. And this is important around what we're talking about. So review all the things. Get all the things. Discuss them. Pray together to God, he wants to actually hear us verbalize what we're thankful for. That's what scripture says. Yeah, because it's about relationship. And I think that a lot of times when we're teaching our kids about the ways of the Lord, like we were just talking about, sometimes what can get conveyed to kids is to just do what the Bible says, right? Obey what the Bible says, listen to what the Mm -hmm. Bible says. Um, And that is true. That is part of what we want to teach our kids. But we also want them to know God. And Amen. we want them to have relationship with him. And, and knowing God, part of knowing God is 
acknowledging his character qualities and acknowledging who he is, not just what he's done. Yeah. Right. And loving him for who he is and being thankful for what he's done, actually. And so we need to make sure that we're, when we're teaching our kids about God, that it's mm. in this context of God is a real, he, he came in the flesh as a real person. Father God was a spirit that he created us and he, he's the creator of all things that are tangible that we can be thankful for. Right. Amen. Like Isaac was saying, the grapes, like talk to your kids at their level, like the things that they enjoy and delight in. We need to bring it back to God so that they're like, Oh yeah, I'm thankful to God. Like do our kids think Mm -hmm. I'm thankful to God multiple times throughout the day? Because if they don't, it's likely because that's not something that's been either taught to them or impressed upon them enough to recognize this is a gift. And if we're not thankful, things fall apart, right? For example, I see the chickens roaming out here as uh, we're doing this podcast. And I'm like, characters. wow, it's so important that we verbalize that we're thankful that God gave us chickens and has been protecting the chickens. We haven't lost a single one out of 22. Yeah. And they're out roaming and there's wildlife and, you know, thankful for the eggs they provide and all these yeah. things. So how much more delight now do the kids have in going and taking care of those chickens when they're bringing it back to God and, and God's provision. So I just think that's important. It helps mm-hmm. with you parent as well. But why do we start with thankfulness as we're preparing family for change in the new year? Because we need to be content with what God has given us before we start planning oh, for so good. bigger or different desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have contentedness, then Content. we might be pursuing new things from a discontent heart and that would not be good and God would not be for it. And so we want to be content. Content, by the way, that gets misused. I've heard it misused in church before where it's like, be content with what you have. Yes, but but it doesn't mean we're complacent, not trying to do new things, Mm -hmm. try new things, make things better. That doesn't mean that's not what content is. It's the same thing with, um, the lack of purpose or intention in growing, right? That would be a a place of complacency, not contentment. So we should be discontent with, in a sense, or I I don't like that. No, we should be content. We should be be content with what we have, but be humble enough to recognize that there's always room to grow, Yes. right? Um, And be motivated to grow. Now, this is the next part, which is maybe a week or two later. Uh, sometime in December is great, is to have a meeting where you're having the kids literally think about the areas of their life that they want to improve in 2022, things they want to change, things they want to get better at, how they want to grow and mature as people. And we uh, individually and collectively as a marriage should be thinking about those things too. So I'm going to give you this list again. How about spiritual in the areas of health, learning, skills, relationships, financial projects, service, or generosity, you know, where, what areas, and I would literally tell everybody to rate themselves on these areas from one to 10, 10 being highest. Yeah. It's interesting because when you start bringing up these different areas in your kids' lives, you're going to notice that some of them are going to rate higher in certain areas than they do others, right? And so you also want to kind of 
remind your kids at the beginning of the session, listen, we're not going to compare. <laughs> this is an individual thing. You're not rating your sister or your brother. You're rating yourself, your own heart. Be really focused on that. Be introspective. And you know what? This is a time for us to be able to encourage each other as we're yes. sharing those ratings. That's one of the things that I think I was so encouraged by the first time we did this with our family was sometimes someone would rate themselves really low on a mm -hmm. certain category and then the brothers and sisters would all go, well, actually, I would. I think you're being too hard on yourself mm -hmm. because I saw this and this and this and this growth. And then somebody else would pipe in and somebody else and it ended up being a really encouraging session. It's As also encouraging better relationships with each other, with siblings, because maybe one of the siblings feels like there's a struggle with another sibling. And when that sibling gets up there and says, I think I can improve in this area, they're demonstrating humility and it enables that other sibling having a relational challenge in an area with another one to have more compassion for them, more grace for them. Oh, they're right. trying to improve in that. Right, right. And, you know, I don't know. To be more specific, I don't know if you've ever felt this way before with somebody in relationship, but if you have had a, a hard, harder relationship and you're not quite sure how to bring it up to the person and you think maybe they wouldn't really respond or you think maybe they're so prideful that they don't actually recognize that there is a problem. When you do a session like this and the kids are being introspective and they're thinking and then they're sharing about the areas that they think they could work on, mm -hmm. it helps everybody else who's sitting there going, oh, they don't have a blind spot in that area. They actually do see that they need to improve. Mm -hmm. Now I can, I, is, I can let up. I don't need to be so like in their face about that issue. It, it you know creates, I mean? a, creates a so, space for grace. And I think that's super important. Encouragement, recognition of these things. And it's done. So so rate themselves. And you have a meeting where um, everybody, and I would separate these individually. Because some of the kids, you're going to need to help the younger kids. And yeah. we have the, the five-year-old Solomon do this. And, you know, it takes mom or dad sitting with them and, and, and thinking about it. Not putting but words in their fun, mouth. But, but it's a And making a little project. list. Make, yeah. It's more simplified, but making a little thing. And and then they might, you know, give some present a presentation on areas they want to grow. In addition to that, you can add this in if you'd like, but they make goals based on specific goals on spiritual, like, hey, you know, I want to read through the Bible this year, maybe the older kid, or I would really want to study the book of Job or whatever, right? Right. Uh, health, you know, I'm really committed to this and that. Now, I would give a little lesson to people on setting out to do things that are identifiable and doable with the Lord's help, right? If every single area of our life, we're going to the max of possibility, the chances of all of it not happening are high. So while I believe in seeing things big, especially if this is new for your family, you might want to start with smaller objectives as they work the muscle of following through. So in the coming years, that as that muscle gets stronger, then it's easier to shoot for bigger things. And because what you wouldn't want to do is at the end of the year to review them and none of them happen. But you know what? I have even had a kid write down all these things and admit to me they never looked at it after this exercise. But at the end of the year, when we did it again and reviewed, they looked at it and 90% of them happened. There's some power in verbalizing to other people what your goals are and writing them down because we tend to remember better what we have thought of 
written down and then shared with somebody else. Um, it's, it's a matter God. of actually, yeah. In fact, including God, that's a really important passage. So in Psalm 37, where we just were, a few verses down in verse 7, or in verse 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord and trust mm. also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And I think that th when we're getting ready to start setting the goals, the first place that we start after the kids have evaluated is we remind them, now listen, before you start writing your goals, commit your way to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, is this, as you're coming up with your goal, is that something that you think would be God's will for your life? Yeah. And and commit it to him, give it to him, trust in the Lord. And I think that that's part of why a lot of times they'll see 90% of what they wrote, even if they didn't check it, was actually accomplished because we spent that time committing it to the Lord. And who else knows? The siblings know. Right. The parents know. There's accountability. Know. And so there's encouragement. There's accountability. There's a knowledge about each other that sometimes seems nebulous in families. We don't quite know what everybody's intentions are. And if they're different from each other, they can create conflict with each other as there's certain amount of resource and things like that. And mm -hmm. so it just really it, it enriches the marriage conversation too. seeing what kids really want. It enriches the educational experience you provide for them and all of the different things in, in how to allocate resources. I think it's just a wonderful thing to do. And you're creating a muscle in them that will last a lifetime. And you're launching these kids out eventually. They've done this year after year after year leading their own families. Now, what is the impact of that into the future? It's just really, really powerful. So in setting intentions is key. The next part is your marriage. Some point right. along the line, you got to have several marriage meetings on dates or at your in your bedroom or whatever, where you're analyzing, you're bringing to the table after you've done this individually. And then marriage is one of your things. I didn't say that for the kids, but add that on. You know, that'd be under relationships, but the and marriage relationship is super important. And this is definitely something that we do on a date night too. And so, I mean, you can do a date night in, yeah. but like having a time alone where you and your spouse are talking about like, how is your marriage? How is your marriage regarding finances, spiritually? Mm -hmm. Do you pray together? What goals would you, what things did you set the year before that you really wished were a thing yeah. that were more consistent? And evaluate, like, where do we need to improve? Have that productive conversation. Super important. This equips you, too. And you're preparing for, after you've done these things, for this other family meeting where you're kind of launching the family initiatives. And we're not going to go deep into culture right now. There's a whole episode on that, our second episode, very cool episode. But culture is the ethos. It's the unwritten rules. It's the actual real behaviors when nobody's looking. It's actually what happens within a team, not what people say is happening or what we say we stand for. It's what mm -hmm. the group actually stands for by their actions and mm -hmm. behavior. And so you need to think about as a married couple, what are the actions and behaviors, the real actions and behaviors that need improvement mm -hmm. and then distill it down to a couple key words or key statements for some rhythms and initiatives that orientate your marriage towards those. And I can think in past eagles, not seagulls, you know, we're going to be eagles. We're going to lead and mm -hmm. not just squabble and, and fight each other for 
scarce resources. That's what seagulls do. But eagles lead. Uh, Producers versus consumers, right? Yeah. So you can tell we've spent some time thinking of catchy phrases they remember. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a tulpin? They'd probably say eagles, not seagulls. They've yeah, I mean, that actually has come up a couple times. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey, we even got her when she was at college, we got her a necklace that had an eagle on it. Yeah. Um, to remind her to be an eagle, not to a stand seagull. stand firm, lead. And, you know, I think there's an element, too, of, um, you know, you want your kid's identity to be firmly founded in mm-hmm. Christ. That actually is what Megan's last podcast was on when she showed yeah. the kids' um, podcast for Friday. And, you want your kids to want that. Like they have to pursue that themselves. Yeah. Um, but some, there's also this element of like identity as a family as well that you do want to instill in your kids and a family culture, which Isaac was talking about. And having some kind of healthy, fra- catchy phrase can be helpful, but it's not completely necessary to have a catchy phrase, um, to have one word to focus on. For one year, we focused yeah. on the word generosity, which that was, was transformational. You know, so like the, my point in it, I mean, sometimes people are like, oh, my word for the year. Well, then I, I wonder sometimes if people ever go back and really like focus on being that word, mm-hmm. right? Like you see it all at the beginning of the year, but then, you never hear the anything follow, about it the rest of the, the year from them. The follow through is hard. And so the key is here you are in January. You should have a regroup or maybe that's when you launch the mm-hmm. initiatives and they've already done this other things and you recognize and you kind of talk about what everybody's trying to do. And then, you know, uh, every few months kind of putting it out there. I've, mm-hmm. I've texted pictures of people's goals to them halfway through the year and things like that, the older kids, and just kind of keeping it in front of them, asking them about it. How's this going? How's that going? Yeah. You know, some of this comes I, uh, in the business world. I read a book called Dream Manager. And when I shifted from what I was doing before, which was very much visionary and stuff, to specifically knowing the people that I lead, what they care about, even beyond what they're doing with me in business and what we're doing together, it was transformational. It was wild how that changes things. If you want your kids to be focused and not bored and and driven towards good things and these kinds of things. What are you doing as a leader to help them with that? We're all wired to desire progress, but if we're not helping them focus on godly, good progress, and we're not giving them the opportunities, we might be letting them down. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it too, is that we need to give our kids opportunities to do more than just a workbook at the table, right? Like I see the kids coming alive as they're learning a new new skill of guitar for example or whatever the oh. new skill is like luke came alive when he started doing more woodworking stuff drew came alive when he was doing more work construction on the building big projects well, drew right? just led worship um with the family the other day it was amazing it's just really cool to see them Playing be the excited and to hear them practicing and Anyway, my point is, though, is that took some work on our part to give them that opportunity. It took investment, right? You Sometimes you have tools, you have expenses. Driving them, driving an them hour each there. way or half hour each yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, so sometimes there is a little bit of a cost. But the point is, is wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be worth it, regardless of the cost, to see your kids come alive? Amen. Amen. So this scripture right here is so good. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That scripture should be said when you're talking about this to your family because we don't want to direct our paths. We want God to direct our paths. Well, how does that work? Well, if we're in prayer and we're giving these things up to the Lord, 
and things come to our mind, let's just trust the Lord's giving them to us. Let's not have this kind of walk with God where we're questioning, oh, what were my thoughts and his thoughts and things like that and second guessing so we're not sure what to step forward in. I don't want to second guess things in life. I mean, if you just start moving forward, one of the things we've taught our kids is if if you have a heart's desire for something and that something is it is in alignment with God's word, it's, it's righteous, a it's thing. a good thing, then God Do probably it. put it there. And so you need to start moving forward. And if it's not his will, he can pray for him to close the door and direct your path into the path that he wants it to be in. But don't just sit there idle doing nothing. No, we need to take action. And so sometimes the best way to know where God's path is is to just in faith trust him and start moving forward and let him lead you. But a huge part of this verse, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like, do your, do your kids actually love the Lord with their whole hearts? Yeah. Because they're not going to be able to trust God with their whole heart mm-hmm. if they don't love him with their whole heart. And yeah. so talking to your kids, evangelizing them, discipling them, this is an important conversation. We all need, it's more yeah. than one conversation. Discipleship is a daily thing. It's not one event. It's not one conversation. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. And so what is that? That is humility. Leaning not on our own understanding is the, in my mind, is the epitome of humility, of being able to say, I actually don't understand. I actually don't know. God, you tell me. Seeking him in his word, but also seeking wise counsel, taking more scripture into this approach towards what are we to do? What should our goals be? Would be to seek wise counsel. Ask other people if you don't know what your gifts are. Sometimes kids don't know and they need the parents to speak life into them to tell them what their gifts are to give them ideas of what they should try so that they find out oh i really do love that and just remember if the change you want is probably possible in your marriage in your parenting in your relationships financial but it usually means that there's something you have to change and someone once said change is the price of progress and if we want real progress We have to include God. We have to set intentions. And if you want your kids to be vibrant and alive and energy towards what they're doing, their education and all the things, then they need to be participating in setting those intentions and you helping them move forward in the directions that God has put wiring in them to delight for. Because they may not delight in the things you delight in, but they may delight in different things because God made them different. So let's not force people into a box for what we delight in. Let's move people in the box towards God's what God has put mm-hmm. his passions in their heart. And and if we understand that truly our kids are going to be the most vibrant and thriving if they're doing what God made them to do versus what we think they should do, then wouldn't that change our perspective to want them to be walking in God's ways? And so we need to really be careful. I, I've seen a lot of parents over the years unintentionally and sometimes intentionally <laughs> live vicariously through their kids, right? Yeah. Repeat history over again. Maybe they they always had a dream of doing something growing up. And so they work really hard and they put their kids in lessons for many years or one sport for many, many years. And they're putting the pressure on and all because mm. it was their dream and not their kid's dream. And so as parents, when we're guiding our kids through this and our kids are evaluating what are yeah. their projects, what are their service, what are their sports, what is their health, what is, what are they good at, what are they learning, what do they want to be when they grow up? We have to take our previous 
dreams from our childhood out of the equation. It cannot exist there. It has to be fully understanding that God created our child and he has a purpose that is unique to them for their generation. And it's an exciting journey to help our kids learn and Mm -hmm. lead them in figuring out what those purposes are now and when they're in their teens and when they're young adults and when they're older, as we guide them in God's truth and back to him over and over and over again. Amen. And if one of your things is parenting, join us in January for the Parenting Mentor Program because you have to make real investments, real change to create change. And I promise you, it will. So thanks so much for joining us, everybody. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.